to episode 57 of Sack King's Therapy. This is Owen coming to you live again solo. Uh, Fong is again not available to record tonight, unfortunately. So, yeah, you're going to get me again. Uh, you might be getting sick of me. Uh, sorry, it's going to keep happening. It seems like he's just been a busy week. So, anyways, we're going to actually go over the Pelicans game first. So, uh, Pelicans game, I did not get to watch this game. I myself was actually busy doing some stuff and just, you know, wasn't able to really, you know, watch and take in-depth notes about quarter to quarter. So I'm just going to blow through the highlights and just kind of, you know, go, you know, also, you know, I compiled my notes through Twitter as well. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's basically how I recap the game. So let, let's get through it. So the first thing I noticed just watching the highlights, you know, Kings were a bit sluggish in the third and just kind of gave up about a 10-point lead. Or not gave up. They, there was a 10-point lead that the Pelicans, you know, built. And, you know, to keep, you know, the game from completely falling apart, um, Harrison Barnes hitting some big step-back threes in the, in the end of the third and the beginning of the fourth just to keep, you know, the Kings in it a little bit. Just the best way to, you know, <laughs> break a, you know, to what's it called? Cut into a lead by hitting step back threes. And don't worry, we will get into the main event. But, you know, I want to just get over the, or shout out the guys that, you know, kind of kept the game kind of alive for uh, the main event to happen. And yeah, so Marvin gets two technicals and gets ejected. I think it was early on the third, I believe. Oh, I don't have it written down here. I did not see what the first tech was about, but the second tech, basically Zion drives at him and basically it looks like, you know, Zion kind of loses the ball going up or, you know, uh, Marvin gets a piece. But basically it was called a foul and Marvin kind of reacted in a way that basically a lot of people are like, you know, it's a very common way to... Uh, react to a foul that you do not think at all you committed. And for some reason, the ref just felt like he got it, he needs to be ejected because of that. Yeah, in my reading, that was some bullshit, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, yeah, Marvin should be pissed about that one. But, you know, we didn't have him for the rest of the game. Um, so I don't know if he would have played down the stretch. Who knows? Um, six blocks from Rashawn Holmes. He's really, like, taking a, a great step to becoming a reliable rim protector again i didn't really get to i didn't get to see the game so i don't know if he like protected the rim well this game but you know it's got to have an effect when you get six blocks you know um halliburton with 11 points or no 11 rebounds five points and six assists kind of getting that you know ha halliburton special but there's going to be a lot of stuff that i wouldn't have caught like just uh you know by watching the game because he does so much and just always does the right, you know, makes the right play, does the right thing. And yeah, I can't, I've, I unfortunately don't have much to say about Halliburton on this one. Didn't watch the game. So, um, anyways, the main event Fox takeover mode in the fourth. He had 17 points in the fourth. I'm not sure if this was straight. I thought I saw somewhere it said like he had 13 straight or 17 straight. You know, Pelicans only scored 15 points in the fourth. Like, he actually managed to outscore the entire Pelicans team in the fourth quarter. And, you know, seven from seven from the line. And just basically put the Pelicans defenders in a clinic. You know, he had spin moves, crossovers, and just had... they The Pelicans just had no answer for him. At least, you know, 
yeah, they didn't have anything for him, and he just took advantage. He crossed up um, Eric Bledsoe on the final play. Got some, yeah, got again, got some spin moves. You know, faked the pass to the corner, which got Lonzo Ball. He basically put everyone in the blender, and he had a really nice kind of move that I was a little bit worried about. Like, might have been could have caused could have caused an injury, basically. And I got a little queasy about seeing that move where he got Zion on a spin move. But this is kind of the evolution of Fox. It seems like somebody more or less has pissed him off, whether it's, you know, his performance in the Miami game where, you know, he was basically just inches away from, you know, winning that game all by himself. And, you know, he seems to have really taken something to heart and has come back with a fire and a vengeance. And these past few games, he's been stepping up in the fourth, nailing his free throws, and just killing the other team. And I love the killer instinct by him. And he's basically been carrying the Kings for the most part in the fourth. You know, he's their go-to scorer, their only really reliable shot creator. So it's great to see him be able to take this leap. You know, another thing I kind of want to shout out, you know, he gets assists now. Like, you know, he had 12 assists this game, and like it seems to be another evolution that he's uh, taking with his game. Where I feel like, you know, he's not like Trey Young or anything where he sees passes that I don't like that just before they even develop, but like he finds open people. Like his reading of the game has improved so much, in my opinion, and it shows in the assist numbers. And it's another progression to his game that I'm, I'm really excited to see. Um, Another thing, one of my other notes. Uh, so I would. This is just primarily from reading through Twitter. R- refs again were pretty shoddy. Uh, just kind of like, you know. Of course, I don't want to harp on the refs too much, but they seem to have been pretty rough these past few games. Like in the Miami game, they were not nice. The Toronto game, they were nice to the Kings, and you know, it's uh it's gonna. I imagine it's a theme for sure. Uh, and it just seems like they don't you know the refs don't really respect the Kings to give them the benefit of the doubt on a lot of these calls. And, you know, let, let's see this. Let's look at this real quick. So they had 26 free throws. So that's, wasn't an issue. Okay. But, you know, I, I didn't get to watch the game again, so I can't, you know, actually judge by myself, but it was a theme that I saw on Twitter. And I assume maybe there was a lot of, usually the, you know, King Swear doesn't complain about fouls that much, but it was pretty ramp not rampant, but like, you know, it definitely was something that was common in my uh, thread. So, you know, I just want to make a note of that. Uh, 31 assists on 42 made field goals. However, 20 turnovers. That's not a good number to see, but 31 assists on 42 made field goals. That is a good, that is a good thing to see because that signifies ball movement and, you know, again, the offense is not much of a problem for the Kings, but like just just the awful defense, which has gotten better in the past you know few games. We're actually not bottom fifteen. I think we're like right in the middle right now. So, you know, that's that's a step in the right direction. So, just from the highlights, like I I feel like you know this Hassan thing has to kind of come to a bit of an end. Like I just. You know, I didn't again watch the highlights, didn't get to see the, his full game, but like just watching from the highlights, you can tell like Hassan just plays with no energy. There was a play, I think, specifically where like he just let the guy get the offensive rebound and the putback for no reason. And it, in those moments, you get, Luke's got to distribute like some minutes, <laughs> like to Metu. Like, there's no reason I don't think that Metu is not playing, especially when Marvin's out like that. You know, like, give some minutes to Metu. 
Like the guy can play and <laughs> just give him a chance. Like Hassan is frustrating to watch and just like, I get it. He's long, he's big. And you know, he has, you know, he, he, that's something that the Kings definitely need. But like, I think just spreading some of those minutes because boy, like the, re- the return on investment and in, in Hassan, like that thing dips, like drops off a cliff real quick after about eight or so minutes, in my opinion. So they like, the Luke needs to cut down on Hassan's minutes. And that is a theme that I will harp on in the Celtics game. So uh, that's all I have for the uh, Pelicans game. I just, again, didn't watch the game. So like, I can, really can't give you a good analysis of it. Judging from the stats, you know, Fox takeover mode, 17 points in the fourth. You know, that's a great thing to see. And, you know, the supporting cast, you got to shout them out for, you know, doing what was necessary to keep the, the game, like, in check. You know, Rashawn with the six blocks and Harrison Barnes had a good game and, you know, hit crucial step back threes to keep them in it. Okay, let's move on to the Celtics game. Celtics, so they had Kemba uh, was out for the game for the Celtics. And apparently, uh, I was watching the Kings broadcast for this one, but Celtics broadcast apparently we're talking a lot about you know trading for Harrison Barnes. They have that ginormous uh, trade exception, I believe. In the, ooh, I'm not actually sure the amount. It's a big amount, and basically they're talking about fitting Harrison Barnes into that. And that's an interesting conversation. I think Barnes could help them a lot, but I also do want to kind of keep him around because he's been good lately. He is, he's a key wing that we, that the Kings need. And I don't know if like another one's going to come around anytime soon. Like, you know, sure. Like down the road, I think you can get a, a wing that's probably better than Harrison Barnes, but Barnes brings a lot of steadiness that you're not really going to find in a lot of players. And if you're going to draft a rookie wing, like they're going to make mistakes and it's going to be a while before they get to Barnes's level in terms of how he contributes. So that's kind of my thought. I'm not excited about it unless the Celtics are thinking about putting in multiple picks and, you know, like, and probably a player, you know, Aaron Neesmith, like I was kind of high on him. Um, maybe even Semi Ojale and those guys, like, you know, well, I'm not going to talk about it too much. I don't, I don't think it'll happen. So, because Danny age, not very, uh, not very keen on making big moves. So we'll see. Anyways, uh, we'll go through quarter by quarter. Uh, there was a graphic that showed Buddy apparently averages 36 points a game against the Celtics. I forgot the efficiency, but it was like, I think, a over 55% field goal percentage and, I believe, three-point percentage. He scored against the Celtics tonight. Tonight, he scored only 15. Uh, well, so that'll bring down that um, percentage a little bit. But, you know, he was okay, I thought, this game. Um, you know, he was showing good energy, you know, on Brown, but, you know, Brown just has is bigger than him and kind of outmuscled him on some plays and drove by him. But you know, like it's good to see that Buddy at least is showing energy. You know, like trying to get in front of him. So it wasn't like you know a cakewalk for Jalen Brown. Although he did have he only a wrong game. (laughs) Sorry, live live scrolling. So he had only twenty one points. It felt like he had a lot more. So he didn't have an easy game, but. You know, like Buddy did his thing and, you know, he did what he could. Um, I just want to shout out Jalen Brown. Apparently, uh, the Kings broadcast brought up that he was the youngest person to hold a lecture at Harvard University. And he uh, he held a speech or like an entire or he taught an entire class on social issues. So I just want to shout that out. Like he is a you know, he famously went to Cal Berkeley. 
like and is like incredibly smart apparently like he wanted to take master classes as a freshman and apparently also wanted to learn russian like he, he has a repertoire of stuff that's just incredible like you know look, look him up like you know look up some videos on jalen brown he's a fascinating person you know uh, i think chess captain of his middle school team like that was <laughs> that's really cool yeah uh you know got a shout out jalen brown I, you know, I would have loved from on the Kings, you know, if I want to really get bold, hey, Jalen Brown for uh, Harrison Barnes wouldn't be too bad. But yeah, no, that would never happen. Um, Kings end the quarter trailing 26 to 22. Out, uh, starting the second quarter, we actually start with a Hassan post up for some reason. He gets the ever loving shit blocked out of him by Time Lord. <laughs> And then it doesn't really get any better for a bit. Basically, there were turnovers and there were fast break layups. We were giving up easy layups because Corey Joseph was on Jason Tatum. And while I do admire like his effort and you know trying to guard them, he's just too small for a guy like Tatum. So yeah, they were just getting easy shots. Um, I do notice that guys do just hit threes on the Kings. Like Semi Ojale hit one. He has like a decent percentage, but like he's not really a three point shooter. Carson Edwards just had no conscience on one, just launched one like off the break, like pulled up, I think, in Buddy's face. Like it just shows one of the reasons why the Kings defense is bad sometimes. Teams don't fear them and like just have the audacity to take tough shots against them. And you know, more or less, sometimes they make them. And it does not help like when Buddy just leaves Carson Edwards open for no reason. Yeah, but it was a very good, you know, quarter overall. We fought back. Uh, we ended up like going on a nice little scoring run, and it was a little bit more back and forth towards the end of the quarter. And we actually led at the end of the quarter, fifty-two to fifty-one. Uh, one thing I did notice is just that, you know, like Bagley ends up standing in the corner a lot, and it's just a little bit too much, right? Like he's been okay from like you know corner threes i feel like he's actually a threat out there and guys actually have to guard him out there now because he's become a bit more knockdown from there but like i want to see some pick and rolls with him and fox it just it doesn't feel like there's enough like that's theoretically should be a lethal weapon with his you know his leaping ability but you know it's I, this is the kind of thing you can you know really kind of i guess criticize luke about like get on luke about because like, Marvin is still, I guess, learning how to play, but, like, it's been, like, 20 games. Like, he needs to, there needs to be more stuff run for him, and granted, he's not really the guy you want to run stuff for. There's an, there are moments where, he, you know, he posts up in the high post and shoots a jumper, and I'm just, I'm just not a fan of that game, but, like, you know, create, like, you know, run the offense, like, maybe through him a little bit instead of, like, primarily by using him as a role man and I, I like have him play at center like without Rashawn out there so there's space for him to roll because what ends up happening is he usually plays with Rashawn there isn't that much room in the lane and you know I just I want to integrate Bagley into the into like the offense as a more of a primary option because like yeah I see it I see the improvement like there's hope there but like I think he I think he deserves more but you know I get it like I get the argument he has to earn it and you know, he has to just take what he has, take what he gets right now, and just you know pr- push forward. You know, don't don't kind of like give up. You know, <laughs> just keep uh, keep like going at it. Like this is you got to work hard and you know earn those minutes. You shouldn't; those minutes should not be given to him like that. Anyways, uh, to start the third quarter, 
this is just a thing. This is kind of pet peeve of mine. Like Corey Joseph does this a lot where he runs to the, you know, the guy in the backcourt who's going to receive the ball. And as soon as the guy receives the ball, they back up and buddy did that. And I don't know what the point of that is. It's just that like, look, you run up to the guy, like do something like, and say you just back up and put no pressure on the guy. So like, what was the point of running down the court? Like, I want to see a little bit more like on ball pressure, but you know, God forbid, like, oh, like these are pro ball handlers. Like these guys can like blow by you and collapse the defense easily. So I, I don't, I don't know if like, it's a good idea to like, to just press them in the backcourt, but like, you know, why run there at the first place? We're not going to press him. Anyways, uh, during like kind of the early part of the third, Celtics go zone. It basically devolved the Kings offense into floaters and blown layups. And it was a pretty ugly stretch of basketball. And uh, Celtics had a 10-point lead off of it. And yeah, and my, one thing I really wanted to see was like putting Halliburton and the free throw line to receive the pass and then, you know, kind of like threaten the defense from there, make the make the zone collapse and then pass for an open layup or an open three. They did get uh, Rashawn in that spot like once or twice. And like there was one specific play that stuck out to me where like this is why you want Hallie like making like in the center so that he can see these passes. He missed Halliburton open for a three in the corner. And, you know, you can have, like, Rashawn, like, down low and Marvin camp down in the corner instead. Like, you can flip it like that. But, you know, so basically it was a very ugly, like, you know, stretch of about two minutes. Um, Celtics, I don't remember exactly if they actually just went back to man or, like, their defense never really got to set up during the stretch. But basically they they don't play zone anymore, I don't think. And then all of a sudden the Kings go on a 10-0 run. It was uh, pretty, pretty... It was very noticeable, let's just say. Um, so yeah, the zone can really kind of fuck up the, the Kings' offense just because like I just don't think they get their guys in the right spots. Um Tristan Thompson was really active this game. Like it, the any time like it w- if it was just Rashawn boxing him out or it's just Rashawn near him, like it felt like Tristan Thompson like got the ball every single time. Let me see how many offensive boards he got. Let's see. Tristan Thompson had three, only three offensive rebounds. Wow. Felt like he had way more, but like it's, he is a beast down low. And, you know, the, the Kings already get muscled a lot by like, you know, these kinds of guys. And yeah, and le- usually I felt like the Kings needed to dedicate at least two guys on him at all times. Well, he did like, you know, create a lot more possession, create a few more possessions for the, for the uh, Celtics. So like, that's just what he does. And yeah, it was a pretty, Pretty noticeable, let's just say. And yeah, Kings really got bullied by him a few times. Oh, yeah. So this is where I kind of want to, I guess, go on a rant about Hassan. So, like, there was a stretch when he checked in where, like, you know, he 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 reaches out his arms for rebounds. And a lot of times he's just taller and longer than anyone. So he can just stand there and just, you know, get the rebound without jumping. But like during the stretch when like guys like Grant Williams and Robert Williams were making were like running for the ball, making plays, it was so annoying to just watch, you know, like cement footed, cement footed uh, Hassan just like stand there or just like, you know, barely move for the rebound. It was and luckily one of these possessions where I think it was Grant Williams got the rebound and threw it 
to midcourt and and Halliburton being like a genius just sees that pass and manages to snatch it out of the air but like it shouldn't have been that it shouldn't have to it shouldn't have to have been that way if Hassan just got the damn ball in the first place and you know his offense like I don't know why the Kings run post up for him when it's not a munchkin on him when it's not a guard on him like because he he posts up Grant Williams and Grant Williams is a thick boy like and like he can kind of hold his ground and like you know he can force like Hassan into really ugly hook shots and you know it's just it's just frustrating to watch like Hassan like sometimes it's some fun comedy but like oh most of the time it's painful uh Kings re- were really sloppy with the ball like they were just, like Buddy had one possession where like he got he managed to you know get the loose ball like while diving on the ground throws it to the other team and then somehow the other team throws it back to him. And, you know, it's a it's a turnover. And someone noted he might have been the only player to ever like get two steals while on the ground. So yeah, they were sloppy as hell during like the like the closing stretch of the third, but luckily the Celtics were not any better. Um so yeah, the quarter basically ends with Halliburton making basically catching a air ball from Buddy from half court and just like flipping it in for a tip in or for a uh, put back. That was beautiful. It was the the end of the quarter. Like it was highlighted by you know sloppy plays, but Halliburton was the bright spot. Like getting steals, you know, like just you know throwing good passes, getting rebounds, hitting threes. That ten zero run that the Kings went on, like <clears throat> like after the Celtics went out of zone, like. Halliburton hit two threes in a row, and that basically sparked the comeback. So Kings end the Kings end the quarter, eighty-two to eighty-one, and yeah, so pretty much sparked sparked by Halliburton's great play. Uh, Hassan just continues to uh, frustrate me. Just like you know, slow plotting, lazy post ups. Like when he does a move, he does this li- really slow rip through move. And like the and you know someone on Twitter brought this up. Like teams know that he's not gonna pass out of the post, so like they just double on him, and the small guy just comes at him and just swipes at the ball. And he while he's strong enough to kind of power through, he throws up ugly shots out of that. And in the luckily for the Kings, like Celtics kept fouling him during the stretch, and he actually managed to draw three fouls on the Celtics by by himself uh, at the nine fifty four mark. And Fox actually drew another foul to basically get them one away from the bonus, like at nine fifty four, which was pretty crazy. It takes another three minutes at six twenty nine for the Kings to put like the Celtics into the bonus with, I think a Harrison Barnes post up where like, or no, it's just like Harrison Barnes just got fouled and they were in the bonus with six twenty nine to go. So yeah, basically Harrison Barnes really big down the stretch. He just kind of like, he got some really cheap free <laughs> cheap fouls on uh, the Celtics during the stretch where he just tried to like duck in and post up and would just draw a foul on somebody. And like, that was really funny to see. This is where I kind of, this is my, before we kind of get off Hassan, I guess, like, you know, I feel like, you know, Hassan played, what, 17 minutes this game. No, only 14 minutes. So, oh, no, 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 got the wrong box score. Boy, live uh, podcast. So he played 17 minutes this game, and Marvin only played 19 I feel like you need to siphon at least seven minutes off of Hassan and just give him to Marvin or 
or just like sub him in when like Buddy's not in. Like have him start a fourth. Like I just feel this is like this is where like um Marvin just needs to learn to play in the fourth. And like he needs to just get experience. And there's no way to kind of get around it. Of course, you want him to earn the minutes. He wasn't playing that well this game, although he wasn't playing bad. But like I get the frustration and I'm I'm in the camp of like just giving Marvin Bagley minutes. And you know, unfortunately, I think just I, I hate to say it, but like, you know, I think one of Buddy or Marvin needs to go. Like this can't really continue on. Like, you know, we have no reason to trade Marvin unless for some reason it has a really good trade value. But like this is just gonna keep like rearing its ugly head because Marvin wants to play and I love that about him and he should want to play. And you know, he's he's the second pick over Luca. You gotta just give him minutes and just learn out there. And you know, if uh, sure, I'm I'm all for winning games, but like live and let learn, and you live and die with Marvin, I think. And again, you can shave off seven minutes of Hassan because it was painful to watch him during during these stretches. Again, the return on investment drops off a cliff after like ten minutes with Hassan. You know, you can squeeze those minutes for either Metu or like Bagley. Just have him play out there. You know. Um. Yeah, so, and because of that, like, I just feel, you know, I don't blame him, but, like, Marvin's body language wasn't great. Like, he wasn't really, like, you know, up on the bench all that much, from at least from what I saw. Like, he's kind of, like, on the second row, kind of, not sulking, but, like, definitely not happy. And, you know, I imagine he wants to get in there. And I don't, and I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. You know, earn those minutes, earn those minutes, young man. Like, you just gotta, you know, <clears throat> make use of the minutes that you're given and just make an impact. Um, last thing I want to talk about Fox with 13 in the fourth and looks to have hurt his hip a little bit, but again, like this is closer. This is the closer that we need because he's really the only guy that, again, that can really create a shot. And, you know, he needs to be the leading guy in the fourth quarter and he's been doing it for the past three games. And it's great to see, um, Tyree, one last thing, you know, Halliburton with a great IQ play when these Celtics were down three, Grant Williams gets the ball, looks to, and basically runs a play where he's going to pitch it to uh, Jalen Brown for a three. Halliburton smartly fouls Grant Williams and who, who is a horrible free throw shooter, like I think 50% for the season. This is the first, and he actually manages to, you know, basically throw the ball off the rim and you know get it to Tatum who you know fires up a tough three but that was a great play by uh, Grant Williams and a great play by Halliburton to foul him in the first place just he'd know just in you know astronomical basketball IQ you just uh, I, I love Howley and I'm you know most of King most Kings fans do and sky's the limit you know for this guy like he's already this good and I he's no there's no way you can't tell me that he's not going to get better I don't know what his ceiling is. I like to think it's really high. Some people think it's, you know, a little bit lower. But, you know, if he's this good, this young, you know, he's going to improve. I just I just don't know how he's going to improve. And sky's the limit, in my opinion. And that's going to basically conclude this game. And, yeah, a great win against a good team. Granted, they were without Kemba. And, I, yeah, and they had a – who's their shooting guard? I don't know. They they were short a few guys, so like you know, but they're still a tough team, and they're a good team even without Kemba. So like, it's just great to see the see the Kings be able to you know win against a good team. Like some one some criticisms the 
Some people have been throwing the Kings' way. They've been beating up on bad teams like Orlando, bad team. You know, Miami, they ju- they just got back Jimmy Butler. Uh, Pelicans, bad team, like under 500. And now that we beat the Celtics, granted, again, without Kemba and without Marcus Smart, that's who the other guy is. Like, there's still a good team, and it's good to see that we're able to, you know, you know, punch back along with, uh, basically hold our own against, you know, again, a upper tier team, let's just call them. And uh, last thing I want to go over, the gauntlet is upcoming. Uh, the next three games is Denver on Saturday, who's been, you know, Yogi's just playing out of his goddamn mind right now. And, uh, and you know, Jamal Murray, I assume, is going to be healthy for that game. Michael Porter Jr. is back. That's going to be a tough game on Saturday at Golden 1. And then on a back-to-back, we're going to L.A. for the Clippers on Sunday. And then t- on Tuesday, we're, we're coming back for the Sixers. So this is going to be the gauntlet. Like, this is the, pr- the proving ground for the Kings. Are you a real team? Or are they going to fall back into old habits and just get demolished? Uh, my goal, my hope for them is to just see them put up a good fight against these guys. Because, again, these are some damn tough teams. And I don't blame them if, like, they get, you know, if they get beat by these teams. But, like, I just want to see them put up a fight against these three teams. Again, Denver on Saturday, uh, LA Clippers on Sunday, and 76ers on Tuesday. So this is the testing ground. Are are you guys ready? Or are you just, you know, are you just who, who you are, which is, you know, a lower-tier Western Conference team who's just not ready for the moment? We shall see. All right, well, that's going to do it for uh, me for this game. Sorry, I got a little bit rambly and a little bit incoherent at times. But, you know, just game just finished. I got some, you know, after after effect goosebumps so or goosebumps after effects. I, I don't know how that saying goes. I just made that up. But, like, again, great win to see. You know, always excited when the Kings win. And, you know, hopefully they carry this momentum going forward into the gauntlet. Because, boy, uh, again, three really damn, damn tough teams. And this is the one of the biggest tests of just where the Kings are going forward. All right, well, I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Hopefully, Fawn will be with me. Uh, probably going to do an episode after Sunday, um, after the Clippers. <laughs> Thank you.